Welcome to the Sober and Happy Podcast, where we talk about all things recovery related, how to navigate the challenges that we'll face along the way on our journey towards our best lives, and how we could go from living a life of simply just being sober to a life where we're both sober and happy. New Year's Eve is coming up, which often means New Year's resolutions. I will be honest and admit that I have a 0% success rate on my past New Year's resolutions, and I even stopped doing them several years ago. While preparing for this episode, I read several studies on them, and it is estimated that somewhere between 91 to 96% of resolutions fail. However, despite knowing all of that and my own personal track record, I have decided to make resolutions this year, and I think you should too, and I will tell you why today. So buckle up, this is going to be a great episode. First, I want to acknowledge how tough of a holiday this could be for many people in recovery. If you're struggling with the idea of a sober New Year's Eve or have been struggling with the holidays in general, episode six of this podcast has some great tips on staying sober for the holidays, so I would suggest checking that out too. Now, let's talk resolutions. Maybe you are still struggling with the recovery journey and this is the year you want to get and stay sober. Maybe you've put together some sobriety times, yet are not satisfied with some other areas in your life and want to improve on something else. Maybe you're absolutely killing it right now and want to keep that momentum so you want to improve even more in an area that you're already making progress. Or maybe you have tried resolutions in the past and failed, seen everyone around you also fail, and have swore resolutions off completely. As I mentioned in the intro, I was in that last camp until I started doing some research and convinced myself to give it another try. So let's get the facts out of the way. Most of the studies that I read seem to cite the following statistics. Of the people surveyed, only 9% consider their resolution a success after one year. In fact, 25% quit after only one week. That number grows to 36% after a month, and after six months, over half of the people have quit on their resolutions. So why, after reading all those facts, did I decide to start making resolutions again? It was one interesting fact that I read about the six-month mark. At six months, the people who have made resolutions may only have a 46% success rate, which by itself does not sound good. However, they compared that to people who had similar goals without setting a resolution, and those people only had a 4% success rate at that same six-month mark. That means you are 10 times more likely to reach your goal if you make a resolution instead of just simply saying that you're going to do something. After seeing that, I decided this year is going to be the year to try again despite my own personal 0% success rate in past resolutions. I attack challenges in life with the same philosophy as I do recovery. Look at what's worked in the past and hasn't worked for other people who have tried it before me. Find the things in there that resonate with me. Take the lessons from others' experiences combined with any personal experiences I have had. Start trying the things that resonate with me the most and keep doing what works and stop doing the things that don't. 
I realized when I was doing research in New Year's resolutions that I had stopped doing them because I hadn't been successful, but I hadn't applied the same effort into my resolutions in the past that I have in other areas in my life, and I simply just quit. And that realization didn't sit well with me. Trying, failing, and trying again is better than not trying at all. So I'm trying again this year, and I hope you will too, even if your past success rate matches mine. I want to walk through the process that I did with you, and if you decided to do a resolution this year, I urge you to try the same process with me to see if it is helpful to you also. The number one resolution made every year is to lose weight and to get healthier, and I'm not being creative in mine, which is also to get in better shape. I could tell you right from the start, I was going about my resolution the same way I have in the past, despite having a 0% success rate. I set a very vague goal and I wasn't planning on telling anyone. The thought popped into my head that this is personal to me, so really no need to tell anyone. Forget just resolutions. My success rate of vague goals that I don't actually commit to over the course of my life is also 0%. One of my biggest challenges throughout life is a fear of failure. Even bigger than that is a fear of you knowing that I failed. So when facing tough challenges, my two default behaviors are kind of trying without telling anyone or just not trying at all. Here's the thing about doing self-improvement work. You're going to find those kind of things about yourself. And once you have discovered certain self-destructive habits, you'll recognize them more often. And once you see something, you can't unsee it. So when I found I was setting a very vague goal and didn't want to tell anyone, those thoughts are immediately followed by, you're doing it again. Recognition is a huge part of the growth process, but recognition alone does not change anything. You have to take different actions based on your new realizations if you want to change. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So once I recognized I was falling into my old ways, I decided to stop in my tracks and approach this year's resolution in a way that will give me the highest chance of success. There are many methods that have been created to help with achieving goals, but the one that I found that has a foundation that works best with me is a method created in the 80s called SMART goals. The three biggest categories that cause failure for achieving a goal is that they are based on what someone else or society is telling you to change, the goals are too vague, or there is not a realistic plan for achieving the goal. SMART is an acronym that addresses those challenges. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. So let's go back to my original goal and apply this method to it and see how it shifts. If you have a resolution, I suggest following along. If you don't have one, why not try again with this new approach and see what happens? Trying and failing is better than not trying at all. The first measure is to see if the goal is specific. I said I wanted to get in better shape, so it definitely fails that test. To make this specific, it has to be absolutely clear. My specific goal now is to weigh 160 pounds by the end of the year and have all my health markers in the healthy range. This is much more specific, and as a result, I will know whether I'm on pace to meet my goal or not. 
the very vague get in better shape leaves the rationalization and justification door wide open. And I know from my past, if that door is left open, there's a very high chance that I'm walking right through it. So now I have a specific goal. So the next step is making it measurable. Now, it seems like since my goal is very specific, it already checks the box for this one, but I could take it a step further. It is already measurable as a goal, but I need to actually measure it to track my progress and see if I'm on track. To do this, I will weigh myself daily and get blood tests ran in July and again at the end of the year. As a bonus, I've decided to take a picture of myself in the morning every day. This may not be measurable in a number like the other ones, but this is so I could see with my eyes the actual progress I'm making. When we make changes in life, especially ones that have small gradual results, we often miss seeing the changes in ourselves. So when I hit the points where I'm frustrated with my lack of progress, or I think I'm not doing good enough, or have a particularly bad morning where I don't like what I see in the mirror, I want to be able to look back and see the progress, how far I have come, and remind myself that I am succeeding, and use this as motivation to push through those certain rough patches that I will hit. The next thing is asking myself whether it is achievable. This, I think, is the most vague and hardest step in the process. You don't want to set the bar so low that when you achieve it, it doesn't feel like a success. And for true growth, you want to set stretch goals that are little beyond what you think you could achieve based on past experiences. But you also don't want to set the goal so huge that it takes over your life or sets you up for certain failure. This step really requires looking at your past, doing some soul searching at the end of the day, and asking yourself if at the end of the year, if this is something you could realistically accomplish and would be happy that you achieved it. For me, I have gained and lost so much weight in my past that I have a lot of past successes and failures to look at. I realize most of my weight loss has been extreme methods like the lose 30 pounds in 30 days health challenges you see at many gyms. While successful in these challenges, none of them stuck and my end goal to this year's resolution is a lifetime of healthy living, so I needed something that was more aligned with that. Most every study around weight loss will say the healthy amount to lose, which will increase the likelihood of keeping it off, is 1-2 to two pounds a week. I currently weigh 210 pounds, and 1 pound a week would put me at around 160 pounds, which also gets me in the healthy range for someone my height. So that is how I came up with the 160 pound figure as my goal. It is achievable, but it is also a stretch goal since my previous attempts at weight loss usually stall around the 190 pounds mark and hit a wall at 180, and I've never committed to living healthy for an entire year before. This also is not a stretch goal that goes to the point of taking over my life just to achieve it. It could be done by making healthier choices and hitting the gym in the morning instead of staring at my phone like I tend to do too many mornings. The next step is making it relevant. This directly ties into finding your why, which I cover extensively in episode 2, so I won't go hugely into detail on the process to making this relevant, but I will tell you why my resolution is relevant to me. First is my health. The last physical showed that I now reached the pre-diabetic level and have fatty liver disease again. My numbers for my liver are almost as bad as they were when I was drinking. 
I'm at the point in my health where I have two choices. Either keep walking down the path I'm on, start taking medications to treat the effects of living an unhealthy lifestyle, accept the fact that it will result in cutting years or even decades off my life, or I could change my lifestyle and prioritize living over the convenience and short-term satisfaction that I get at the various drive throughs I hit on a regular basis. I have finally gotten to the point where I love my life, so whether or not to get some extra years out of it is a no-brainer, so this is very relevant to me. The next point that makes this relevant is this podcast right here. This is something I've wanted to do for a long time. I don't know where it will go or if it will take off someday, but I would know I want to give it a solid year maximum effort to see what the true possibilities are. The only way I could do that is to have a level of energy that is only achieved if I'm living healthy. I've lived both ways in the past, and I know that the difference in my energy level when I'm eating good and exercising versus eating junk food and being sedentary is so different that I can't even describe it. It truly is night and day. I work full-time and often overtime at my job and have other commitments in my life that take time. Doing a podcast requires coming up with ideas, outlining weekly episodes, recording them, editing each episode, and then publishing them. And I haven't even started doing all the work that goes into promoting them. All of that is a lot of time, effort, and energy. And to sustain that for an entire year, that energy cannot be completely provided from being highly caffeinated. So I know that to chase this dream, I need to make lifestyle changes around my health. The last letter of the acronym stands for time bound. Since this is a New Year's resolution, I'm already setting this goal at a year. However, to give ourselves higher chances at success, it is better to create smaller, intermediate goals along the way. For me, this is losing a pound a week. Now, I've checked all the boxes off the SMART goal process, but having done this method before a few times, I've adapted it a little in ways I have found help me personally. I have added three items. The first one is accountable. I know personally, if I set a goal and don't tell anyone, I'm already heading down the path towards failure. Usually, to combat this, I will tell a few people my goal and ask them to check in with me regularly to help hold me accountable. This year, I'm putting it in a podcast episode and publishing it to the world, so I definitely have checked the accountability box. Feel free to email me anytime during this year at tim at soberandhappy.com to check on my progress and help hold me accountable. The next thing is whether it is sustainable. I touched on this some when I talked about whether it is achievable, but although we could achieve many things, this is really asking whether it will stick. Like I mentioned, I have lost weight before many times, so I know weight loss for me is definitely achievable, but I want something that is going to stick this time. That is why I've approached it this time as a longer, more lifestyle-changing process rather than the quick sprint challenges I've done in the past. And the last and possibly most important checkbox is whether this is satisfying. Most changes in our lives are going to be challenging and even painful at times. So to keep pushing through those rough patches, what we are striving to achieve has to be satisfying. And we need to envision it so strongly and keep our focus on how good it will feel that when we have setbacks, we don't give up and we keep moving towards the finish line instead. So those are my additions to the SMART method of goal setting. I added accountable, sustainable, and satisfying. 
And since SMART is an acronym and I added to it, you might have noticed that I turned SMART goals into SMART ass goals. So that is it for my New Year's resolution. I encourage you to pick one and try yourself, regardless of whether you have failed in the past or not. Failures are simply stepping stones towards your success. If you have failed in the past, you already know things that don't work for you, so you are already ahead of the game. Tony Robbins says, stay committed to your decisions, but flexible to your approach. I like to say, just try. Nothing will happen if you sit on the sidelines doing nothing. If you want to live an amazing, fulfilled, happy life, which I know is possible for you, you have to get moving to get there. You can't steer a parked car. So put that car in drive and get moving. I want to say Happy New Year's. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to connecting with you next week. And as always, keep living sober and happy.